the people who were coming to the show felt that this was a special moment and they were really engaged and it just felt like all kind of 100, 150 of us really shared something special. At this time a curfew has been enforced. You must be back in your room by 9 p.m. You're listening to 9pm Curfew, the only podcast that's chasing chaos. I'm your host, Success Wen, and every week I unearth the most bizarre tales, make new friends, and occasionally indulge in some late night shenanigans. We both know the nightlife is a lot more exciting, but we have no idea who we'll meet along the way. So let's find out. Hey guys, welcome back to 9pm Curfew Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Okay, so this episode is very special, near and dear to me, because I got the privilege of interviewing the band Jonathan Lynx, aka Shamik and Conrad. So if you aren't familiar with Jonathan Lynx, they have amassed over 1 million streams thanks to their soulful melodies and unmistakable sound. They wrote songs like Pretty Carolina, Social Light, and Let Her Know. You can imagine my enthusiasm when they responded to my email. I was so excited I ended up calling up all of my family members and just like dancing around my room for like 30 minutes. It was insane. And then the panic started to set in because I had to plan an episode and have an interview, you know, like physically be there. So I might be just fangirling the whole time, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so before we get into the episode, I kind of wanted to do a little surprise for the band. So for this episode, I ended up Snapchatting and texting all of my friends and telling them to listen to the song Pretty Carolina because that's one of my favorite songs by Jonathan Links. And I ended up getting the recordings of their opinions of the song as well. I had so many recordings and so many responses, so I couldn't put all of them in this episode, but I picked my favorite ones and I hope you like listening to it. And I hope Jonathan Links, when you hear this episode, that you're freaking out as much as I am. People love you and we are all rooting for you. And you can hear it here. That I was listening to Pretty Carolina, and it's been stuck in my head for, like, what is it, 30 hours now? 36 hours? Uh, it's very catchy. Definitely teenage summer vibes. When I listen to Pretty Carolina, what I get is, like, a summery punk rock type vibe. It's really cool that it can give us such a happy vibe and such a strong message at the same time and it even talks about like how we're better off like not living in reality because of how cruel reality can be sometimes so i really love the song because of how many different themes it kind of puts together i listened to pretty carolina honestly i think it's a bop and a half it's a pretty fun song i actually really like it I listened to Pretty Carolina, and I thought the song was actually pretty good. It was a good uh, summer song, so I added it to my playlist. Okay, and that was the opinions of some of my friends who love the song. Jonathan Links, I hope you were hearing this, and you know that people love your music. Um, everyone, you definitely need to listen to Pretty Carolina, as well as Socialite, and let her know, and literally their entire discography, because they're literally so talented. Okay, now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the show, Jantha Links. How are you doing, Shamik? How are you doing, Conrad? We're doing well. We're well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get right into it. Um, I want. How did you guys start this amazing duo? Like, tell me about the time you guys realized you wanted to do this music thing for real. It started in the Bay Area. So I'm from Michigan. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> so we we're both in the Midwest area, and we kind of met up gotcha. doing stuff out in the Bay Area. So I was out there working right after graduating college. Um, Connie was out there uh, doing uh, undergrad and then grad school out in the Bay, um, and we met in an internship and not doing music stuff and. We just kind of happened to meet at some intern event and we got to talking about music. Somebody, some one of our mutual friends was like, you guys both do music, you should talk. And we were like, okay. So we chatted a little bit and found, like learned what we were up to. And uh, Connie told me about a, kind of a mixtape he was trying to put together where he was rapping over some, some beats that he'd found and was just trying to figure out how to record and kind of put that together. And I was like, well, I'm in college right now studying a recording and things like that so this would be fun to work together mm -hmm. on so we did that and um we're just kind of in our intern apartments in the evenings after work and we were just recording and putting stuff together and then we both that was a summer internship so then <laughs> i went back to school in michigan uh connie was back in school in the bay and we collaborated online so i was like mixing that project and we did all that remotely and that turned out well and then I ended up moving back to the Bay for a couple of years full time. Yeah. And we were like, let's link up and, and make more music and take it more seriously. Cool. How did you guys come up with your name? Like, was it like a slogan or like a catchphrase? Like, where did it come from? You know, it comes from a unfortunate misclick of the fingers, uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, fudgy fingers on the, on the <laughs> cell phone. Um, where I was trying to text my friends uh, some directions one evening and stumbled upon this weird autocorrect Jonta links that was just like super silly and became an <laughs> inside joke between us. And then eventually when we're trying to come up with this name um, for a band, we tried like hundreds of names, you know, literally just trying to figure out a name. But like, that like some of the names. <laughs> I don't know. Everything... I don't know. Everything. It, it, it just sounded like corny, like <laughs> indie band names or like yeah. things that came out of a generator. Gotcha. Yeah. It's hard. Naming is one of the hardest things to do organically. I feel like songs, <laughs> bands, albums, it's like you, you want it to encapsulate the whole project. So it's a lot of pressure, but you don't want it to be too literal. You don't, <laughs> so it's like, it's very difficult and it can feel kind of painful to try and like spend a lot of time thinking about it. And a lot of times the best stuff is stuff that just feels right. Yeah, so we just came, we were trying to like, we were just trying to think about what does our music encapsulate? Who are we? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then just, we're just like, we just have this inside joke, Jonka Links, and it's so, just like, it's so easy for us to just come back to that. And just, it wasn't, we couldn't figure out anything better or this felt more natural. So we just rolled with it. And we said, you know what? There's not going to be anyone else with this name. So. So true. Yeah. I really like it. It actually really clicks. Okay, wait. So like, how did your friends and family react? Like, when did it stop being like, you know, oh, just like this thing that you guys were doing and started being huge? Because you guys have like a million streams. Like, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, the past year was really awesome because we I, we kind of were just starting in 2019 with our first project. And then 2020 saw like a lot of growth. Right. Like you're just what you're describing. Um, we both come from we're both like first gen. Um, Same. And so. And as Shami kind of alluded to, we weren't, well, he studied music as well as engineering and I was studying engineering and our internship was engineering. So, you know, our parents were extremely supportive. Um, I think part of that was because I did 
graduate and stuff and get my degree. I I don't know if that would have been the same reaction had I not, but they're they've been extremely supportive of us. I, I and I it, personally I'll speak personally, but I think she. Yeah, for, for me it was like, I think I've been kind of toying with the idea of doing music as a profession since I was late high school because I was really into got really into music. I've been into music my whole life, but like in high school I I knew about the idea of going to music school and I wasn't really sure what that was like. I didn't know anybody who was doing that that much. So I pitched that to my dad. I was like, music school sounds interesting. Maybe I'll do that. And he was like, yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but maybe also get a degree that's, that might make some money. And so, but I was actually genuinely interested in engineering. So I ended up doing both. And then I know after a couple of years of working full time in engineering, um, I was an adult financially supporting myself. I, you know, kind of broken from the nest, if you will. And I remember telling my my parents, like, yeah, like this job is is good and, and the money's good, but I really feel like I want to spend more time doing music and it's just I don't have enough time. I can't commit myself and and really improve and then focus on the art the way that I want to. So I was like, I'm gonna quit my job and just and do music and I think there was definitely a, a moment of like them having to catch their breath, but <laughs> By that time, I think I was old enough that they were, they were like, okay, if you if that's what you want to do, then we trust you. Yeah, being in like an artist sounds so daunting. Like, what did it feel like to perform your songs for the first time? I mean, Pretty Carolina, let her know. Like, how did that feel? Um, you know, unfortunately, we had, because of the pandemic, we haven't had a huge chance to perform a lot of those songs live. Um, but even just receiving the response from you know, worldwide people who share, you know, how the music has impacted them, send us voice memos, um, emails, touch base. And I mean, that stuff is just kind of surreal for us. I think um, going to a show and having people sing your choruses with you is kind of, wow. I think, I think it's just like, I think it's just kind of, it's just like, it really feels, cause I mean, music creation can be very isolating, right? And you're making this music for people, but at the same time, you're alone doing it. And you're kind of like, especially during COVID, like you're actually in your room, just kind of doing it or in the studio. So any type of moment where your fans can like share that experience, it really kind of, I mean, for me, it shows the full impact of the music, helps come the full realization of the art, which you don't always get otherwise. And it's really, really humbling too. How did you um, create Let Her Know? Like, where did it come from? So Let Her Know was kind of a literal reflection on my end, kind of being in a new relationship and not having had a lot of experience in a relationship and trying to learn how to let my partner know that I love them in the way that they most uh, readily receive or like accept like their love language, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that was kind of literally me after having a conversation, a somewhat difficult conversation of like, how are we communicating? How am I showing my lover towards my partner? Thinking about like, it was kind of literal, like let her know, you know, sort of, sort of thing. Um, and so that was, that was that song. So it's very kind of literal, very direct. Is it challenging, like bearing your soul out there? Like, like you said, it's like you, you write the music, you know, isolated, but then when you release it, do you like hold your breath and you're like, ah, or do you just like go for it? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because there's definitely an element of like, for me, I'd say it's less of like, a, uh, like 
it feels like a little bit of a distancing that happens or, or uh, a depersonalization of some sort where like we talk about this sometimes as musicians and an artist in general like you spend so much time with something and then when you finally release it you've you've spent you've put so much energy and you've you, you've almost gotten tired of it to the point of like i've played the song hundreds of times right like I'm trying to, I'm looking for the smallest details and trying to perfect this as much as I can so that people can enjoy it as best as they can. And then when you're releasing it, you're coming from this place of like, this has been, I'm so tired of this almost. And then you're, you're giving this to the public and the public is seeing it for the first time. And so it's like, I do hope that they like it, but also it's kind of hard for me to even like put my head in that space again of this being new. So when I, mm-hmm. it's almost, it feels surreal to watch people's and listen to the first time and be like, wow, I love this. I'm like, good like i wish that i could experience this as you're experiencing it right now but to me this is like just a bunch of audio tracks that i've been staring at for months <laughs> yeah or even yeah. in a certain way it's like you almost re you you almost relearn the song because yeah. people are now they're reminding you about certain things they share how they share their interpretations and things like that and then you're like going back to the beginning of when you first wrote it or first started working exactly. on it. Exactly. It really mm-hmm. brings it back for sure. Just kind of cool. With Pretty, listening to Pretty Carolina, I listen to it literally all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like a summer song, but the lyrics are actually super deep. It reminds me of that song like, Hey Ya, you know, where it sounds like fun, but then it has like a deeper meaning. Like, where did you guys like come up with, like, how did you like create it? Like the production wise, the lyrics? So yeah. from the production side of things, that was... We have been kind of, you know, we connected first over hip hop. Like that was the first genre that we worked together on. Um, but we quickly discovered that we have eclectic tastes in different genres. And uh, Connie has a lot of classical influence and I have a lot of jazz influence, but also classical. And, and, you know, we all listen to a lot of different things. And one of those things that we both found a shared passion for was rock music. And I think Pretty Carolina on the production standpoint was one of those early forays where we were like, what would happen if we just really leaned into this rock sound? And like, you know, we're still, we're still influenced by all the other genres, but what if we like really hit that and like, and tried to pull from those influences. And so we just kind of went all out and, and made it feel like rock. And then I think that kind of inspired some of the narrative and character on, on Connie's end from songwriting. Yeah, um, in terms of our workflow, typically, sometimes we create in the studio together, um, but a lot of times Shamik will work on certain ideas, melod- uh, harmonies, or just like loops or guitar prog- chord progressions, and then bring me in to freestyle over them. And in that one particular, certain songs, just words, very strong words come out. And the hook of Pretty Carolina came out on that track, just very, just kind of jumped out, Pretty Carolina. And so from there, I was interested in that character and it's funny because the character came first and then I like basically was trying to figure out who she was as I'm writing this song um, based on the music and what that evoked for me during the freestyle. Because I see something even when you're freestyling, but you don't know necessarily what the lyrics are going to be. Um, and then, I, yeah, I just thought about this story, our story. Um, we're in Los Angeles. Um, and so, and just the ever-present journey that one makes when they are here in a very saturated place with a lot of talent um, in a place that's kind of characterized by these dream chasers and these people who are trying to make it and burning out in the process and 
uh, you know, having some of that personal connection to that journey as well, just kind of like coalesced. I wanted it to be something like, I wanted the character to still, you know, embody us, uh, even though it was obviously kind of a, a character that's not literally us, um, you know. But yeah, it, it kind of came about pretty naturally in that way. Hmm. So you said you're you're in Los Angeles. What does the energy like feel like there? You know, I've never been to California, so I can't really speak on that. But like, what is like when you like first got there? What did it feel like? Um, for me, the first thing that struck me, I think, was I've always, you know, coming from Michigan, I, I've always heard stories about Los Angeles. I've seen, you know, a lot of the stuff you see in movies and, and TV is like the beach, Venice Beach sort of thing, these classic quintessential California images. Um, and also, I meant, we mentioned that we lived in, in the Bay Area, so I was living in San Francisco. And so that was my first actual experience of California. And it looks quite different. San Francisco's city proper, which is where I lived, is uh, a bit more of a downtown. Um, and so the first thing that struck me when I came to LA was like, there is a downtown, but really like LA is a, an amalgamation of a ton of different areas, like lots of little, it's just like there's so many different types, so many parts of LA that feel different. So it's like, you'll be in Hollywood and it'll feel like this kind of crazy facade and, and this like movie star sort of vibe. And then you'll go just 10 minutes in a different direction and it'll be neighborhoods, different direction is the beach and the mountains and like everything feels different. So to me, it was like getting used to, okay, like this world of LA is much larger and more spread out. And it's going to take some time to really take all the parts of it in. Uh, so that's from like just a geographical standpoint from like a, from a person standpoint, I was struck by just how creative everybody is and how fluidly I was meeting people that worked in the arts and we're speaking about the arts in like a really knowledgeable way. And I felt like I had a lot to connect over. I, I was a little bit less comfortable in the Bay Area hanging out with more of these tech circles where I did know about tech and I liked, I did tech, but it wasn't what I felt like. I wanted to really spend a lot of time thinking and talking about it in my spare time because music is my passion. So I came here and I found that I had so many shared passions with all these people and it just, I fit right in. Wow, that's so cool. Okay, so I know my response sounds very like, oh, I'm not really feeling the combo, but I am. I'm just like mentally fully can't process that I'm actually speaking to Jonathan Links right now. So I'm literally my mind's rambling to even process things. And I usually am not a loss at a loss for words. But honestly, this interview was just so freaking cool. It was um, hot. That's my <laughs> not That's my answer. <laughs> um, Los Angeles, definitely. It's very distinct from the Bay. Um, I went to school in the Bay. I had a lot of formative years there. Um, and uh, the transition to kind of pursue art definitely felt like, okay, we need to be in SoCal. Um, the openness, the support of arts and creativity and things like that. Um, creativity has many forms, but specifically uh, music, visual arts, you know, um, any sorts of, of those types of things. Um, and I just love how, I mean, it's just a hell of talent in this city. It's crazy. Um, it's just, yeah, very inspiring. It's a, you know, it can be a little intense at times, but um, overall, if you find your community um, and to stay grounded in, then I feel like it's pretty chill, but there is a lot of, you know, kind of the superficial stereotype does exist 
in places. It's very glitz and glamour and Instagrammy at times, but I think you just have to look for your people and then that stuff isn't really in your face, to be honest. And if you want it, very, you know, you can find it easy. If you like, wow. You like. Um, so I heard you guys created your own music festival, Garage Land. Can you tell mm-hmm. me what that was like and like, how was it putting everything together? Yeah. So I can't remember who came up with the idea first, but I know that um, us and then um, our friend Frack, who goes, who's on Instagram is Frack the person probably. But yeah, he's a, he's a rapper. He's a well-known battle rapper and, and artist. And um, he's really big into live shows. He's hosted us at his shows that he, he's from the Bay and he uh, hosted us at shows before. And we had a great time performing with him. And we were like, what, you know, what would happen if we just, did this ourselves. We were living in a, a house in South Central LA and we had a garage in the back that we were kind of using as a rehearsal space and just like an empty kind of hangout space. Remember the garage, it's going to come back later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Benchmark. And, and so we were like, yeah, like we we're thinking about maybe trying to rent a venue or something. We we're like, why don't we just throw this show in the garage? And, and by this point, we had been in LA for a year and a half or so and had met a lot of really talented musicians who we really connected with and we felt like our music gelled together and made sense together and so we just got basically us and seven other acts that we knew just all friends and we said hey do you guys want to play um and we spent a couple of weeks basically trying to figure out how we were going to host our own festival so we really hustled and found a bunch of you know bought a bunch of used gear and basically put our own sound system together and had our talented friend Bo who <laughs> a lot of video stuff and makes musicals and stuff he brought lights and and video cameras and we basically like from the ground up created a music festival from scratch and um, a bunch of friends came and we packed out the back of our house and we had projections and all these one of my friends who's a visual artist from michigan she did like live projections where she would take video of the crowd (laughs) and the artists and like do crazy processing on them and then reproject back in the house. So it was like avant-garde visual art was happening. It was amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Can't wait to do it again, honestly. Wow. So like, what was the experience like? Cause you said you had your friends and everyone was performing. Like when you performed for them, what did, what did that feel like? Was the energy like, you know, I, I assume the energy was high. Cause that sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it was a really special performance. Um, across the board. I think what was cool about it was there were a lot of friends there. There were a lot of people we didn't know there, a lot of people who were friends of friends or um, just, you know, it felt as if there were a lot of new circles that were kind of coming together there. And that it was just, it was just like really warm evening. It felt like the people were all very open and a good crowd, a good audience. The music tastes that everyone's, all the performers were so varied um, and it was very raw performances. I felt like pretty intimate. So there were there's a good amount of people there, but it wasn't too too large. Like at, once you get to a festival, like you know one of these big festivals, it's always fun, but you know it's huge. You're not really you lose that intimacy. So it's like it's nice to be in a crowd outside, but not necessarily feel like you're getting pushed or squished or you know um, lost in the yeah. crowd. I think it was a really special moment. I think to have be able to perform on our own home court so to say is like you know we had the time to really set up from a sonic perspective from a musical perspective like if you go play a gig somewhere where you have a small time slot it's you got to 
pare down and do the minimal thing you can to reach the audience. But we were at home, so we had days to set up exactly as we wanted to and really do it on our own terms. Like, this is how we want this to sound. And that made us really connected to the performance. We're connected to each other because it's all friends on the bill. And I think the people who were coming to the show felt that this was a special moment and they were really engaged. And it just felt like all kind of 100, 150 of us really shared something special that night. Wow, summer in LA that's so too. cool. Yeah, summer in South Dakota is not the same as in LA. I also heard you guys performed at the bottom of the hill venue in San Francisco. How was that? Was Is that a bigger, like, what is it like? Like, describe the area. That was a really good show. Um, I think it's like 350 cap, 300. Wow, that's huge. We packed it out with our yeah, friends. It was really cool. Frack was a part of that show as well. Frack posted that show. Um, no way. And so he's a he's an SF native. Um, so he's very ingrained in the artist community there. Um, and obviously, knowing we have ties there, wanted to bring us back up so we could play for, yeah, play in, you know, in kind of a second home um, for us. And that was a that was a good show. Again, we had a really talented crew. Uh, did some awesome set design for that show and lighting. Um, we got to debut a lot of new tracks at that show, which was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good crowd. It was packed. It was really packed. All the way to the back of the house. That was yeah. a wow. best for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at that point, it was one of the, it, it felt like a big show at that point for us, I think, because we played a long set, uh, maybe, you know, maybe the first time playing over 30 minutes. Right. Our longest public set for sure. And, and, our first time probably playing a big stage and a big crowd since we had started making music together and since we had moved to LA. So we came back, homecoming show, a lot of our friends who had been supporting us got to see us as more fleshed out artists. Wow, that's so cool. I bet they must have been so proud, excited. You know, like when you hear your song on the radio for the first time, that's insane. Do you guys ever get nervous when you perform? Because public speaking is like the number one biggest fear ever even death is number two which wow. is weird <laughs> that's a crazy that's, fact that's very interesting <laughs> i mean i get hella nervous i don't know i definitely do um it, it also depends on what the setup is for me because you know i think for connie it's like he's going to be front and center singing and, and rapping and it's all eyes on him so it's like it's going to be nerve-wracking no matter what for me it, it varies i think there's been shows when we have when I'm playing four different instruments on stage, for example, wow. trying to navigate all of the, the complexities of getting all that to work together. And that's what makes me nervous is like is the technical side of things, maybe not being able to work or like there being a lot of risk. What um, instruments do you play besides guitar? Yeah, so guitar and like main, I play keyboard, I play bass guitar, and then I play drums. I don't think you guys realize how talented these people are. Oh my goodness. I was freaking out. How can you play that many instruments? How can you sing off the cuff? Like, it's insane. So we've tried a diff- bunch of different ways of kind of incorporating that multifaceted thing on stage. I think one day when we get the time and the people together, we'd love to have like a band and have more people on stage. But for, for now, we've been playing around with how to milk as much performance out of two people as possible. And so for me, it's like, those shows where we do a lot of that it's stressful just because i'm trying to make sure that everything's working and i'm also trying to make sure that i'm performing um and then there's shows where we play with just me on an acoustic guitar and connie singing and for me that can be a lot more chill i'll I'll 
practice a lot and know my part. I know my acoustic guitar probably isn't going to break. So like <laughs> that makes me less nervous. You guys are insanely talented. Like I literally listened to every one of your songs over and over and over. And it's just mind boggling that it's just, you know, two people, you guys put everything together. It's, and your creativity is just, wow. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any like new music coming up or new albums or anything? Most definitely. Yeah. We're working hard on new music. Um, Cause you know, basically, you know, Shamik mentioned our foray into the rock with the last track, Pretty Carolina, that we dropped. Um, that video was in March, but the song came out, you know, at the beginning of this year. I think we've been working really hard on finding the right uh, cohesion of sounds that we've been working on um, to present to you guys. Um, and something that just feels, you know, really good. And I think we've, we've, we've done that. And so we're in the process now of recording and um constructing something that we can release hopefully very soon um to, to show you guys what we've been working on but we're definitely working hard on it there's definitely stuff coming i'm literally so excited to hear what you have next if you have any like you know any post i can like share i'm literally ready like i have your notifications on <laughs> so when it drops i know but I just want to thank you guys again for just doing this podcast episode with me it was just so nice listening to you and how passionate you guys are about music like wow it adds another layer to like your songs I'm gonna go back and listen to it after hearing you guys it's just so beautiful thank you so much it means so much to me thank you Your, your energy has been amazing as well I think this has been definitely one of my favorite conversations for sure yeah it's really inspiring to to connect with people who we love the music and it makes it real for us. Otherwise, we're just sitting in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I kind of cut off there, but I'm just so grateful for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This was just like, you know, the big kahuna. I've never done an interview like this before or an episode like this before. So I was very, very excited. And you can hopefully tell by the tone of my voice that I was freaking out the entire time. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for breaking curfew with me. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review 9pm curfew on Apple Podcast, and be sure to stick around extra late next week to chase the chaos. (music) 